Hello to everybody who doesn't see the mummy coming. It's beautiful anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one I think it'll be more fun And I'll get to know you And you'll get to know me Hi everybody, Chris Gethard here. Welcome to Beautiful Anonymous. Very, very lucky to be with you today. Thank you so much to everybody who supports the show, supports me. Um, I hope you're feeling good. hope you're having a good day. I hope your Tuesday morning or whenever you decide to actually click play you're doing good and I hope if you're not doing good I hope this episode helps you forget about it for a while got a really good love story on our hands on this one wanted to say thanks to everybody our uh, our last week's episode was our caller who quit uh, quit the job to sell some crossbows and I think a lot of people I, I, I would put it out there in the plugs I'm like this is the best name of an episode ever quit my job now I sell crossbows but it actually rang true with a lot of people a lot of people going I gotta find my version of crossbows and start selling them I got a DM from a fan of the show who makes custom sneakers that are badass, who was like, yeah, I was listening to that. And I said, yes, I got to be making these sneakers because my sneakers are my crossbows. So I want to thank you so much, uh, Helen, for getting in touch, sending me that nice message. Now, this week's episode, this is a hell of a love story. This is a love story that couldn't have happened 20 years ago. Even 10 years ago wouldn't have happened any other year, I think, except... This past year, you think about how technology has changed the way we develop relationships. You think about how technology has allowed us to connect with people, even if we're not physically in their presence as often as we would like. You think about how we've been so limited in travel. This episode, it is a wild love story. It is about taking chances. It is about people from opposite sides of the world who have met in other parts of the world that neither of them call their own part of the world saying, let's take a leap, let's do it. And man, do I applaud them for going for it. And I wish them nothing but the best. And it's one of those love stories where you go, I pray that it works out well, because it's the type of thing that keeps us all reading books and watching movies. And, And that makes love stories... So cool is that sometimes they actually, people actually go for them in real life. This is one of those. I'm excited for you to hear it. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hi. Oh, wow, hi. Wow, that was the most stressful fifteen minutes of my life being on hold. Hello, how are you? No, that if you if that's the most stressful fifteen minutes of your life, then that you've had a pretty good life. <laughs> you've had a pretty good life. Uh, how are you doing? How am I doing? Really well today. I think people have maybe started to notice in some recent episodes that I went through a real rough patch. I'm not through mm-hmm. the woods yet, but I'm feeling a lot of positivity. I started on a new medication. I like to be open about these things. I That's great. Haven't messed with my medications in uh, nine years, so it was daunting and in some ways felt like a defeat, but it's been working wonders, and I'm very happy that I buckled down and dealt with stuff. How are you? I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm happy to be talking to another human person. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the city that I'm in, we've been in lockdown for about, oh, I want to say it's like four months now. So, uh, and I live alone. Oof. So it's just been me hanging out in my apartment, now, <laughs> talking to my dog, staring at the wall. I'm wondering, both between what you're describing and some traces of an accent I might sense, are you in Canada? I am in Canada, Yes. I, I do not know if Anita patched this one through for her own amusement because she has heard me <laughs> complaining about it. So I, okay, I want to talk to you. It's about you. I need to just get this out here first because I need your help. Okay. So I'm on this Netflix show, Space Force. I play the weird janitor, Eddie. It's coming back for season two. Last season, it shot mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. This season, it's shooting in Vancouver. And okay. I have to tell you, I am a fully vaccinated person who 
is living in a state that's opening up. I think May 19th, Governor Murphy, New Jersey's opening up a lot of stuff. And it's starting to feel like this, like, not victory, but, oh my God. Hope. hope. And the and actual, like, the clouds have actually broken and it, it's not theoretical. Like, you're actually feeling the sun hit your skin again. Canada's lockdown. I'm working four days and they I have to be up there for 23 to quarantine. They yeah, just, because of the quarantine stuff, I know. They just sent a box of PPE to my house that's more severe than any PPE I've worn this entire time. And <laughs> I think to put your mind at ease, I think we're being very cautious. Sure. Uh, and like not to shit on the uh, way that America has dealt with oh, this. Go Sorry, for Sally. It. Um, but, uh, I think that we have been a little more proactive about our response to things Yes, and the way that we have sort of dealt with it, it's been a very Canadian approach Mm -hmm. where I know that those things like the 14 day quarantine and the protective equipment that they sent you probably seem, uh, intimidating or scary, um, but I think that's more to compensate for the fact that for the large part, our response has sort of been, hey, here are some guidelines. Like, we'd really appreciate it if you followed them, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, like, we're not going to make it so that you can't travel. But like, would you mind not? Like, please, could you not? <laughs> so a lot of our rules have been sort of suggestions. And then we're uh, assuming that people will. <laughs> follow things and behave well. Now, I've been told that this 14-day quarantine, I should expect it to actually be more strict than any quarantining I've done in my in my actual life. I've been told that when you do a Canadian quarantine, you go to a hotel and it does not mean 14... I've, I'm being told it's 14 days. You sit in a hotel room, you get room service, three meals a week. Three meals a day, rather. Mm-hmm. I've been three told, meals a week. Yeah, that's three, how much we yes, eat in here. It's Canada. classic <laughs> Canadian uh, torture. They don't allow you to eat. But I've been told, don't expect to take a walk around the block. If you're in a hotel, you're no. not using that hotel's gym. You don't go outside. Yeah. You don't even pick up food from like a curbside delivery place. You sit in a hotel room for two weeks. Yeah, that's that's accurate. I That is, that is accurate. My um, the, This actually sort of bleeds into the the story that I was telling Anita about, but uh, my partner is going to be arriving here. He's not here currently uh, and he's going to be coming in about four weeks. And so I am very familiar with this whole quarantine thing because we've been having to plan it all for him. So he he's not Canadian. And it is like you are just in whatever space you're in and you're not allowed to leave. You can't leave for anything. I don't know if they would possibly be more lenient with you because you are fully vaccinated. No. Um, but yeah, we're trying to keep people properly quarantined because I don't think we were super on top of that at the beginning of things. I. D- but when are you shooting? I. If you're I, allowed to say. Uh, yeah, I don't care if anybody, if I have any Canadian stalkers listening to this show, I don't think they'll be able to get through the <laughs> fortress that will be my hotel room. And then if they want to harm me, they'll have to. I think, I think I'll be wearing so many layers of PPE sitting alone in my hotel room that bullets can't get through. Plus, you know, it's less of a factor that uh, there's shootings all the time in America. Um, I'm leaving my home on May 31st. I will not be home until June 23rd. And I will only actually be working the final four days of that stretch. Meanwhile, my poor wife is going to be home with the two-year-old alone. I'm going to miss a whole yeah, month of the that whole time. summer. And I'm sitting here and, and you gotta plan some good things, activities for you to do while you are in that quarantine space so that you don't drive yourself crazy. I'm, I'm already figuring I'm already figuring out like, wasted time. Yes. I'm like figuring out creative projects. I'm like, okay, what books do I want to bring? Better start researching right now. What what do I have access to on my Netflix account in Canada? Disney <clears throat> Disney Plus. I gotta research all these things. Um and then, but I, and it's funny because all grumbling, it's like, hey, I have a job. I'm lucky. Get back to work. I, I lost my health insurance for the through the Screen Actors Guild for the first time in a decade. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, get to work getting that back. Um, so I'm lucky. But all grumbling aside, there is also a part of me going, man, it is the stark reality of what we're still living through, right? Because the the real scary thing for me is going. I mean, I'm feeling a lot better, but I just mentioned I just 
switched medications, had tough times. I don't know if now's the best time to sit in a room for two straight weeks. That's going to Yeah, to be, be completely bad. isolated. Maybe just pretend that you've gone on some kind of sabbatical mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, that you're not in a hotel. You're in like a cabin out Thank in the you. woods. Yes, I need this. And, uh, <laughs> yes. yeah, and, and just to paint yourself a mental picture of something different. Yeah, I'll do my best and I'll be fine. No need to worry. So partner is not Canadian, it sounds like. Yes. Where is your partner my coming partner from? My partner is Australian. Ooh. So you haven't Australia. seen each other in over a year. You already lived in separate countries. Yeah. Uh, yep. I got to, if this, it's, these are interesting things. You said, this is what you wanted to talk about. I got to know, how'd you get together? How long you been together doing this uh, intercontinental long distance? Yeah. So we've been together for about a, a little over a year and a half. And so we met in uh, October of 2019. Because my childhood best friend was marrying his childhood best friend. And mm -hmm. my friend is Canadian, but she moved to Australia several years ago. Uh, she works as a travel agent. So uh, she manages a travel agency out in Australia. And so because she was Canadian and her now husband is Australian, they didn't really feel like it was fair to have the wedding in either country because then one half of the family would have to take this 21 hour flight and the other half of the family wouldn't. And because she's a travel agent and loves to travel, obviously they decided to have a destination wedding uh, that was sort of halfway between both of the countries. So they picked Italy. Uh, so they rented this villa in the mountains in Tuscany. And it was a, an unbelievable trip. I have never been anywhere. I haven't gotten to travel at all. And uh, I wasn't even actually supposed to be able to go on that trip. Um, when I was invited, I, I had said yes, and I was going to make it work. Um, but I, I went through a really difficult time in my life where I lost uh, my at the time, relationship, my apartment, and my job all in the same couple of weeks. And so the idea of spending all of this money to travel to Italy was literally not going to be possible at all. So I had to email them and tell them that, unfortunately, like saddest thing in the world, my childhood best friend getting married, I'm not going to be able to come. And then I got an email back from her fiance at the time. Uh, saying that he had been thinking about what gift to give to my friend, uh, his fiance for the wedding. And that he had decided that bringing me to the wedding would be the best gift that he could give. So he covered the cost of my ticket so that I would be able to go. Wow. That's a magical and, story. Right. Isn't that beautiful? It was like the kindest thing that anyone has ever done. Um, so uh, I went and it was absolute magic. It was like being in some kind of eat, pray, love movie. Uh, we were, like I said, up on the mountains in the middle of Tuscany at this beautiful villa. It had an outdoor pool and an indoor pool, like this grotto kind of situation. It was a, like a 16 bedroom villa and there were 30 of us who were there for the wedding. And so they planned like eight days of us staying in the villa with uh, different day trips planned and stuff. Cause you've got a travel agent planning this wedding. So, you know, she hooked it up. She had like charter buses that drove up the mountain, which was absolutely terrifying. The roads are so tiny and <laughs> the mountain is so steep and this giant <laughs> charter bus doing these crazy curves. It was truly terrifying. And I thought it was going to tip over. Uh, but this charter bus came and took us out for different day trips into other areas. We went to Florence and Chingaterra and, the day trip into Florence was on the second day of the trip. And there are 30 of us. We get off the bus. Nobody's really got a plan. So we're all just sort of in this crowd being like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Where should we meet up later? And it was taking a while. And uh, it was the first thing in the morning. So uh, I said like, hey, you're like, well, we're figuring this stuff out. Like, I'm going to grab a coffee in this cafe beside us if anybody else wants a coffee. And so uh, a couple of other people 
came with me, uh, a couple from Australia and then my now partner. And we got our coffee. And then when we exited the cafe, everyone else was gone. Because <laughs> I guess they thought maybe that we had already split off. So uh, we were sort of separated from the group at that point. And the Australian couple who had followed us into the cafe had said that they were going to this basilica and they already had tickets. And if we didn't have tickets, we were going to have to wait in this crazy line that stretched around the whole thing. And, and they also had a rule that you had to wear pants inside of this basilica and I was wearing shorts. So I was like, no, this I'm out. I don't want to wait in a line and then be turned away because I'm wearing shorts. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) I'm sure the church is very pretty, but I'm going to go do my own thing and I'll catch up with you guys later. And uh, my partner was like, yeah, I also don't have a ticket. I'm also not that interested. So I'll just come with you. And him and I hadn't, we had met and been introduced and sort of been in uh, some group conversations together on the first day, but we hadn't actually had a conversation. And he's kind of quiet when he's in a group. So uh, I hadn't gotten to really learn much about him yet. But we ended up separated from the rest of the group on this trip. So we just spent the rest of the day, like five hours walking around Florence together, eating cannolis and getting gelato and taking pictures beside horses and and doing some uh, souvenir shopping. And it was just, it's like, it's, it's infuriating how cliches are true so much of the time that like the, when you know, you know, uh, is so accurate. It was just in the first conversation with this person, it was like, ooh, this feels different somehow. That it was just so easy. And it was like we'd already known each other quite a long time. And we had exactly the same sense of humor. I remember making a very dark and inappropriate joke to him at one point and and being very relieved when he laughed. Uh, Have you been to Italy? I have been to Italy when I was, uh, so yeah, did you go a, into any of the churches or basilicas when you were there? I did. I saw a number of churches. Did you notice that they like to, um, display human remains inside of these buildings? That is a thing. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. That is a thing. So in Luca, which is where we were staying at the villa, uh, there was this church that had, and I, I, uh, it's so hard to talk about this without sounding really disrespectful. I, all the respect in the world, but they had a tiny mummy, a tiny mummy. It was so small. Um, mm-hmm. and it was, it was just a mummy. It was just a full on mummy <laughs> and it was maybe three or four feet long and seemed to be positioned so that its head was facing you and it looked to be waving. Mm-hmm. one of his arms was sort of placed up as if it were waving hello to you. Yeah. And uh, this is something that me and my partner had laughed about as we were walking around Florence. Cause he asked me, did you go into Luca at all? Have you gotten to explore? And I told him about the waving mummy thing. And he was like, yes, I saw that too. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly what I look for in all churches is to be greeted by a waving mummy. And later in the day we were going through uh, a church in Florence together and they had some uh, remains on display, uh, but not, not as comical as the ones in Luca, no waving. And uh, in these churches, you're not allowed to speak. It's just that you're supposed to be silent the whole time. Um, and I broke that rule by walking over to him and whispering, no waving, four stars. Mm-hmm. And he busted out laughing in the middle of this church. <laughs> and I was, so happy. <laughs> and, yeah, we just had this like really wonderful day together. And when we ended up meeting up with the rest of the group, finally, I felt disappointed <laughs> that, I, that I didn't have more time with this stranger. I was like disappointed to <laughs> my friends and the people I already knew because I was enjoying this day so much. And over the rest of the week, we kept spending a lot of time together and just started totally falling for each other, both thinking that this would be uh, like just for the week, you know, because obviously we live on opposite sides of the world from each other. Um, But then by the end of the week, it was so clear to both of us that we had to continue 
this relationship and had to know where it would go. Both of us were very shy about saying any of that out loud because that's a really freaky thing to say to somebody like, hey, I know you live on the opposite side of the world from me and you've only known me for eight days. Uh, but would you like to be in an extremely long distance relationship with me uh, where it costs $2,000 just for the plane ticket to come and visit? But when we finally worked up the nerves to actually say things out loud, we were both completely on the same page and completely feeling exactly the same thing and all of the same nerves about it. And so we decided to give it a shot. And so for uh, the first five, six months, we were long distance with an insane time difference and uh, had a visit planned for him to come and visit here in February, uh, which thank God was able to happen. So he came to visit for two weeks in February and then COVID happened and the world shut down. And so we haven't seen each other since February last year. That's a hell of a love story right there. Yeah. Did not see the mummy twist coming. Have to admit. Yeah. Yeah. You don't anticipate a mummy in a love story, no. but you're always happy on there. Everything else tracked the, you know, the, the fiance stepping up and getting you out there, the romantic villa, the tour buses, the, the tight knit group that I'm sure had its own cast of characters, uh, these locations, every, and then the mummy was a diversion that I did not expect. Um, <laughs> But I'm sure you're thinking of all the questions that I am and that all the listeners are thinking of, which is, that's beautiful. That's the type of love story everybody dreams about having and almost no one gets. But it's been a long year since you've seen this Yes, person. it has been. He's coming out to Canada. Is this, you may have mentioned it, is he taking the plunge and living there? Or is this the first visit since last year? Where are we at? Because now, now things are about to get real, we, huh? Yeah, things are about to get very real. Um, he is moving here into my bachelor apartment. And we're getting married in the fall. Well, let's pause there. I, if ever there was a time where this show should just use like a DJ scratch at a revelation, it was probably that. You heard right. Married in the fall. We're going to hear about that. And as you can imagine, a lot more when we get back. Thanks to our advertisers. Now, let's get back to the phone call. Things are about to get very real. Um, he is moving here into my bachelor apartment, and we're getting married in the fall. Wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Hold the phone. Game changer. <laughs> First of all, kudos to you on the story structure of how you laid this all out. Because <laughs> I don't I, I don't think you mentioned that before. I did not. You really sat on the lead on that one. <laughs> you don't even know the other stuff I'm sitting on. You don't even know. Well, we got 40 minutes left. Just to clarify, you hung out with this person for eight days in mm -hmm. late 2019. How long was this visit in February of 2020? Two weeks. So you have hung out with each other in person for- About three weeks. Less than one month. I was just going to say, you have been yes. in the same room together yes. a number of dates that adds up to three weeks. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you're getting married this fall. Yes. You need to then now, dish. Okay, I want to say as well dish. that neither of us are neither of us are super impulsive people no, who are blinded never. by romance. No, it doesn't sound like it at Both all. Both of us are very pragmatic. Absolutely get that and, sense. And uh, so this came about this decision through a lot of thought and consideration okay. and elimination of all of their possible options. <laughs> Talk to me about what that means. Not to suck the romance out of it. That's not like, it's still a very wonderful and romantic thing. Okay. So there's some but pragmatic sides of this. Yeah. Because, because of COVID, I mean, before the pandemic happened, we had sort of lightly talked about moving to the same place. Like what, you know, cause you have to have those conversations if you're in a long distance relationship, like where is this going? Ultimately would either of us be comfortable moving 
is this worth the time? That kind of thing. And we had planned on him coming here on a work travel visa, which like Canada and Australia have this program where we allow unlimited visas, uh, work visas for people to come into the country and work some job and travel around and explore the country. And so that visa would have allowed him to come here for two years uh, with no tie to me necessary, just on his own. He'd have two years. He could work and live here. No problem. No strings attached. But because that's a travel visa, that program shut down when COVID started and hasn't reopened yet. Got it. So our original plan was out the window and there is no other way that we could be together within the next year to two years um, unless we did it this way. And so we sort of weighed the options of like, not that, not that we're opposed to the marriage at all. Um, but you know, it might be happening a little, a little quicker than mm-hmm. we just thought. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes more sense to do it this way. I would so much rather have the next two years with him than wait another two years and continue doing long distance, which I would do for this person. I would do that. If that was what was necessary, I would do three to four years of long distance. If that meant that I got to partner up with this person and attack life together. He's the best. What's the family thinking? Uh, which side? That means that there's, Mine uh, his. that means there's two answers. I want them both. <laughs> um, his side, they're happy for him, a little bit surprised, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I think this is, a, this is something that is very out of character for him. He's never lived more than a couple hours away from the city that he's in right now and uh, ha- hasn't done any huge, big, impulsive moves like this before. And uh, so I think knowing him and knowing his character and who he is, that the people in his life recognize that this must be a very big and significant thing for him to do this uh, because it's so out of character for him. But I think that his mom has some extraordinarily valid concerns, uh, given that her son is moving literally across the world in the middle of a global pandemic from a country that has very, very low numbers to a country that has been in lockdown for four months. Uh, I think that that might concern her a little bit. Mm-hmm. Fair. Uh, and also, you know, the fact that he's not going to be able to have any of his family at the wedding because they're not going to be able to travel. So uh, the fact that his parents are going to miss out on this wedding, all of that, I think, uh, is hard for them. But I think in general, everybody on his side is very happy for him. And and to be fair, we're calling it, we're calling this a soft wedding. Soft. That's wedding. how we've been referring to it. It's, yeah, this is like a soft launch of our marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, like, <laughs> and then a couple years from now, when we can have a real celebration with everybody there, um, and you know, have it be special for us in different ways. That like making vows to somebody after five years is different than making vows to somebody after two. Mm-hmm. And. Mm-hmm. So we plan on doing like another wedding later, a hard wedding in the future. This is a soft wedding. So that's how we're selling it to the parents. It's like, it's okay that you're not going to be there. It's just a soft wedding anyway. Just basically a trial round. There's a dress rehearsal. Uh, don't worry about it. And where will you be doing the hard wedding? The full launch? We going that back, I don't know. Going that back to the villa? Yes, to be determined. Maybe. I think it probably won't be in Canada is what I'm thinking. Since we're going to have this soft one here and I get to have a few people for my life, not a lot because of COVID, obviously, um, and budget constraints. But because we're going to have this one here, I think the next one should either be in Australia or in another country. I don't know if I could do I Okay, I would do Italy because it would be a perfect part of the story. But also, I feel like that would be such a slap in the face to my friend. Um, <laughs> like, Hey, our anniversary is the day before yours and we got married in the same place. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think I don't want to step on her toes, you know, let the Italy thing be her. Maybe we'll do another place. Got it. 
Got it. Wow. And then my side of the family, their reaction, everyone in my life is extraordinarily happy for me and surprisingly supportive right from the beginning. I was expecting a little bit of pushback um, or a little bit of questioning about it, but there was absolutely none. Um, I think it's because the people in my life know what I have been through up to this point, especially with relationships and are just so happy that this is where I've landed, that they're so relieved and so happy for me and proud of the work that I've done on myself to get to this point where I can have this relationship. Um, that being said, my, my parents will not be attending the wedding. Why not? Not because they aren't supportive. Um, but my mom texted me two weeks ago to tell me that she would not be coming to the wedding. Um, it's a, it's hard to explain, but, um, my stepdad has some mental health issues and the drive and traveling or basically leaving his general area neighborhood uh, would be really stressful and would probably really shake him up mm. to the point that it might not even be pleasant to have him at the wedding. So it's sad that my mom won't be there, but it's okay. And it's probably for the best. And we're going to have a kick-ass time anyway. And I'm going to have other family there and it's going to be a party. That's awesome. And maybe by the fall, things will be, Canada won't make you uh, sit maybe. and stare at a wall in, in monk-like silence for half yeah. a month. Everybody can let their guard down. I hope party. So. Now this last 14 days, when this guy lands and he's that close to you, and you've gotten mm -hmm. engaged and you've only seen this guy for like 12 days total and you're engaged <laughs> that last 14 days. That's going to be the longest 14 days of this whole thing, huh? I know because he's going to be quarantining probably blocks away from my apartment. And we're going to be so close to each other for the first time in so long. I, I've been saying that he's, he's got to get a place with a, uh, some kind of window where I can walk by and like wave at him from the window. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, that two weeks is going to be crazy. Although we will finally be at least in the same time zone. Well, that'll be nice so for, we'll for complete opposite times of day. Right. So when you're Skyping or FaceTiming or whatever your chosen platform is, no one will have to set an alarm. Exactly. That's nice. Now let me get let me get to the real nitty gritty. Sure. And our Australian listeners, and I know we've got a bunch out there. Weirdly popular in Perth is my understanding, the most desolate city in the world, which kind of does make a lot of sense. <laughs> Let's listen. I'm I'm American. You're Canadian. Let's just cut to mm -hmm. the nitty gritty. Why are Australians so hot? Australians are super hot, right? They're so hot. I'm sure there's Australians who aren't hot, but I have yet to meet them. Mine is super hot. I can tell you that. Everybody's super stereotypes hot. of Americans, right, is like, I actually feel like it's like, oh, when you actually meet them, they're kind of great. But the stereotype is like blowhards and um show up in your country as tourists and they're slobs and they want everything their way and right stereotypes of Canada everybody's too polite and great senses <laughs> of humor but maybe on the surface a little stiff at times right like those are the things that we get made for Australian stereotypes cool accent and hot how they yes. want they and want great them. sense of humor oh amazing Australians sense of humor great sense of humor and I think that might be part of the hot thing. You think so? I yeah. think that it, a lot of hotness is attitude and confidence. And I think the sort of easygoing nature of Australians 
makes them hotter. Also, probably having it just be summer all the time is yeah. probably really good for the mental health, uh, which enables you to, you know, exercise more or like take care of yourself, uh, keep your skin nice and healthy to not be super stressed all the time. I think it's the same reason why, like, I lived in San Diego, California for a couple of years, and it was the same thing there where everyone was just super happy all the time. And the standard response to how are you was another day in paradise. Wait, where was that? That was just what everyone would say in San Diego. Oh, I've, I've heard this. It was like, it's like everyone's on vacation all the time. Like they're just in vacation mode all the time and everybody's just feeling great and is in a super good mood. And maybe that's the same thing with Australia. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. Like, uh, San Diego, first of all, it's the, it's the most perfect weather and it just stays that way. It's so beautiful. People are they so They have relaxed. to come up with alternate ways of saying that it's going to be sunny in the weather mm. report mm-hmm. because the weather's the <laughs> same every day. It's always, always the same. So it'll be like Monday, mostly sunny. Tuesday, plentiful sun. Wednesday, lots of sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> we'll Buc- just come up with buckets of sun. sun. Exactly. It's a sun stravaganza. Uh, <laughs> I will say, I love. I actually love San Diego, and I- I'm performing there. One of the dates that I'll be announced. Maybe by the time people hear this, it'll be out there. But I'm, I got some shows coming up in San Diego. I'm so excited to go back. But I've, I've, I have never felt more like a stereotypical New York tri-state area raised anxiety ridden lapsed Catholic mess than I do in San Diego. Cause everybody there is so chill. Everybody's so chill. I absolutely hear you on that. <laughs> I feel like uh, everyone was able to zero in on me as being an outsider the whole time just by yeah. my general demeanor, um, pale, pale, pasty pale. white skin. I was going to say, they, I go to <laughs> so San Diego, I, I feel like I'm just like a visibly, just a pale ball of stress to people from San Diego. Like I'm yeah. not even human shaped. I'm shaped like a pale ball of anxiety. <sighs> me as well. And I lived there for two years and came back looking exactly the same. So well, well done. I don't know how that works. I was in the same sun that everybody else was. <laughs> I got to ask. So you said you're in a city in uh, Canada. If you're not comfortable saying where, mm-hmm. I, I just, I guess I also want to just get a sense of, um, cause there's a lot of variance among uh, uh, what it means to land in a city in Canada. Like this guy could be mm-hmm. moving from Australia and landing in a place that's like super, like Toronto is like, you know, like a super cosmopolitan hub. Vancouver is like so chill. You could be in Montreal. This could mean that he's entering like a place where there's all sorts of French influence that he, he's not used to. Where's this guy landing? You can say in a vague way if you want. Uh, I'll say it. I feel like this story is so specific that if anybody is listening to this and knows me, they probably have figured this out unless they believe that there's another person who met uh, an Australian on a mountain in Tuscany. Yes. But I'm in Toronto. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's what, that's so he's also going to be moving to a, a big city from a less big city. <laughs> ah, so he's going to be overwhelmed in many ways. But at least I feel like Toronto is is a hub um, to a degree where it's not like he's landed on Prince Edward Island. No offense. Okay. He's not landed no. in Newfoundland. No offense. Okay. It's not like you're up there in Calgary. Like this will be a transition that is uh, easier than those. And all places that I am fascinated by and enjoy, but just speaking about the international perspective, Toronto is an international hub, I think, more than others. Okay. These hot For Australians. Sure. For sure. Now, this to me and you is so rare. Do you feel like this happens to Australians all the time? That like Australians travel abroad and come back and it's like, oh, what happened? Oh, wound up in the middle of a... a, a Op- optioned what happened on my vacation to Paramount Pictures because it was such a movie script unfolding. And now I'm engaged and I'm going to live happily ever after because I'm a hot Australian with a perfect accent, tan skin. <laughs> <laughs> you 
Yeah, maybe this is a really common thing. Yeah, this is just I know what... that for Australians, traveling is a really big part of the culture. Like a lot of people in Australia travel, particularly to Canada because of that work travel visa program. We have a lot of Australians in Canada who are here on a visa and traveling. Um, and so there seems to be a sort of adventurous spirit to Australian people. Man, they're the best. They're the best. But I also feel like my partner wouldn't describe himself that way. Of course not. I, I don't feel like he would describe humble. himself as being humble. an adventurous person. He's super humble. They're sweet, and humble, hot people who have great abs and go on adventures all over the world. Don't you feel like that? Do you feel also, like... Oh, go for it. No, go ahead. I was going to say, don't you feel like Australians, they go on these holidays where they'll like, right? Where they're, it's like, oh yeah, no, you come to Australia, uh, you get a job, the benefits are great. And then you get nine months of vacation every year. And then <laughs> you come back from, don't you feel like an Australian vacation just means meeting uh, a stranger in an Italian villa and getting engaged? Like, isn't that just part of an Australian vacation? It's just getting swept away and sweeping some stranger off their feet in some beautiful locale. Well, you know, I can say that the only time that I have been traveling anywhere with an Australian, that did happen. Yeah. So, so in my experience, yeah. that is a 100% certainty. Yeah. And I think that that's all science, right? The scientific method, I believe what it says, if something happens once, you'd never need to fact check it or see if it can happen again. I think that's how science works. Yes, exactly. Yeah. If an event occurs... In isolation, it can be assumed that events will continue indefinitely in all circumstances. That's kind of the modern American scientific method, right? If you have a hunch something yes. is this way, <laughs> then it's just that way. And if anybody ever tries to argue otherwise, uh, fight them on video. That's the American scientific method. I have a feeling this is how things are. So if you present anything to me that suggests otherwise, we'll get in a physical fight on Instagram. That's that's the scientific method. Yep. So. I would agree with that. We've been joking around. You've been telling me this mind-blowing story. It's romantic. It's beautiful. I am intensely happy for you. I can't stress that enough. Certainly, <laughs> certainly creates nerves. I certainly hope it ends well. Sounds like you are both aware of that as well. You call it your soft wedding. You've been mm -hmm. making jokes about this. Um, you're diving all in in a way that's out of character. Sometimes things like that don't work out, but this one... It certainly sounds like it has a, a true chance. It's beautiful. I love it. You have mentioned you have mentioned a couple times that you had a past that was not so easy, and uh, I don't know if that's something you want to dive deeper into, but it is something that's been, been. We certainly can. Yeah, you've put it out there a couple of times, so it sounds like this relationship yeah. is something like your whole family's going. Man, she deserves this so hard, and it sounds like a piece of the puzzle. It is a piece of the puzzle. I think uh, it's it was really difficult to even know what to talk to you about today because I have had what I describe as a, a very colorful life. And uh, the romantic relationships that I've had have definitely been a part of that. Um, I, I have, uh, I've been in three relationships that were abusive uh, to different degrees and, and for different reasons. Um, one of those relationships uh, I've actually recently sort of reconnected with that person. We had sort of a post-mortem conversation many years after the fact to sort of clear the air and talk things out. And I I feel like in that relationship, it was more about, uh, it, it, was, it wasn't uh, bad intentions on the other person's part. It was more that they were doing the best they could with what they were dealing with, with their mental health and the coping strategies that they had at the time. But that generally they are always trying to do right, even if they don't always haven't always behaved that way or if the impact of their behavior hasn't always been positive but the other two of those relationships uh were different than that um one of them was now quite a long time ago about 12 years ago 
And I, I've been in therapy for about six years now, and I have still barely brought that person up, um, <laughs> which I think really means that I really need to talk about it. So I will. Let's go ahead and let's pause there. After all the romance, we had some doses of reality. We'll keep exploring that and how all these different aspects of life mix together when we get back. Thanks again to all the advertisers who allowed this show to exist. Now let's finish off the phone call. One of them was now quite a long time ago, about 12 years ago. And I, I've been in therapy for about six years now, and I have still barely brought that person up, um, <laughs> which I think really means that I really need to talk about it. So I will. <laughs> but um, the other relationship was... Um, I guess about three and a half years ago now. And I described earlier with the wedding and me not being able to go that I went through a time where I lost a lot of things. And that was me leaving that relationship. Uh, he was an alcoholic and, um, but there was more going on there. Um, I know that this is like a very like overused buzzword right now, but this is, uh, it, he, I believe, was a narcissist and so was not truly capable of empathy. He was only really capable of a sort of like cold intellectual empathy, but couldn't actually care and couldn't actually love. And so was very neglectful and abusive and destructive in our relationship and he on top of that also had a pretty serious drinking problem and so when I escaped that relationship we had been living together and we both worked at the same place so I had to leave that relationship leave my apartment abandon a lot of my stuff like my furniture and uh, I slept on a friend's floor for two months while I figured out what my next situation was going to be. And uh, I ended up having to leave my job as well because they wouldn't schedule us separately. And it was becoming really tense and I didn't feel like I was safe there um, since I had moved out of that apartment and left that relationship for safety reasons. I didn't feel like it was okay to still be around him especially because he was drinking at work and uh, I knew that his behavior was much less predictable if he was drinking and uh, as hard as all of that was it really did catapult my life in a completely different direction me leaving that relationship was really um, it was sort of like my rock bottom of realizing that like I can't just abandon myself in favor of caretaking for other people and that I need to learn how to set boundaries and work through some issues on my own so that I don't end up in a situation like this again. And since then, my life has just continued to get better and better. And I feel better and stronger and healthier and happier than I have at any point in my life up to this point. And I would have told you that a year and a half ago, and it's still climbing. When I met my now partner, I felt like that was the highest point that I had ever had in my life. And then I met him and then it just continued to go up from there. Well, I'm so glad you got out of there and I'm so glad that cycle's broken. Hearing you describe how things keep climbing. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Thank you. Glad you're happier and I'm glad you're safer. I will ask. Can I ask how, how much time do we have left? 14 minutes. Hmm. Would you like to briefly hear a little bit about the 12 years ago ex-boyfriend? Just a very small tidbit. I would. It sounds, it sounds like something you want to get on record. So yeah, I'm intrigued. Uh, so that I'm going to try to really condense this story so we can cover some bases here. But uh, he was uh, really um, unusual and troubled in a lot of ways that I didn't realize during that relationship. 
Um, I believe that he also has some like pretty serious mental health stuff going on. I found his journal at, at a point in our relationship. And at the time, uh, I, I read through it. I found it by accident. Uh, it was on his computer. I had been working on an essay on his computer. I was in school at the time and I couldn't sleep that night and went to work on my essay, but I couldn't remember what I'd saved it under. So I just searched my name because I knew that I'd put my name and course code up at the top. And this giant list of documents came up with my name in them. And I'm a human person. Uh, so curiosity got the better of me and I clicked on one. And the one that I clicked on ended up being uh, a time that he had basically a log of him stalking me in times that we were apart. Uh, not apart, like broken up, but times where he had thought that I was sneaking around on him and cheating on him. So he parked his car near my house and then documented who arrived and at what time, like there was a passage in there that said, uh, like, um, Chevrolet Jeep pulls into driveway, single passenger, uh, entrance made through garage, like a log of him stalking me. And another entry where he detailed other surveillance that he was doing on me. He uh, bugged my kitchen. He put a microphone in my kitchen. Oh, boy. Um, there was uh, some lines in this one entry that said, he, he talks about how he's been going through my Facebook messages and trying to find something there, but hasn't found anything. And he says, her phone has been a much better indicator of things. I would have liked to have had more time with it. In the future, I will monitor it more carefully. Uh, and I, at the time, I was 19, and <clears throat> this was only my second boyfriend. And I read this and I was horrified. But I don't think I could fully absorb at the time what I was learning and reading. Um, because to absorb that would mean shattering basically my whole worldview and what I believe about people and goodness and humanity and my own ability to judge people and, and all of that. Um, but I did have the, the clarity of thought to save as many journal entries as I could onto the USB stick that I had brought with me for my essay. And I still have it. And, uh, I'm in therapy right now. And recently I decided it was finally time to go back and reread those now with some distance. And have you seen the show you by chance or read the book? I don't think I have. I'm sure that some of your listeners will have. And it, it was like reading the narration of that. It, it was so shocking. Um, and him and I only dated for a year, but it feels like I escaped a cult 12 years ago mm. and just don't really talk about it now. Um, so I'm trying to get a little bit more open, even just in letting myself think about that stuff and, and process it fully. But that's honestly one of the great things about my current partner is that I have had this crazy life and a lot of trauma and I can share things with my partner and I never feel not believed or judged or misunderstood. I just feel very seen and like he has my back no matter what. And also when we, when I talk to him about these things, like we're able to laugh about it in the moment. And I'm just so happy that this is where I landed after all of that. I and mean, so in a way I am grateful for that relationship that I had three or four years ago that it, as devastating as it was that if it, if that hadn't happened, I might've just continued having these like low grade abusive relationships forever. 
if that one hadn't been bad enough that it really forced me to look at stuff, then I would not be here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a big so wet blanket. Very grateful. I'm going to be a big <laughs> wet blanket ahead. for a second. And I feel bad, but I feel like I'm honor bound. That's so, okay. I mean, those are scary stories. And a, a, a narcissist with a drinking problem, you had to leave your, your, not just relationship mm-hmm. and living space, but job because that felt unsafe too. A stalker in your past. So where, you know, the more you're saying, the more it sounds like, oh, wow, you actually, that, that was an, a, a situation that could have built to something really and truly dangerous. Already was, but could have gotten even worse. Yeah, agreed. So Agreed. I believe in romance so hard. I want, I want it to be so real. And when I hear stories where it is, and when I've experienced life when it is, oh my God, keeps you going. It's a beautiful thing. But I bet there's people in your real life. There's me on the phone. I bet there's people listening going, this does this does make the idea of marrying a guy you've only hung out with for three weeks in person feel even riskier. So all of of the, all the Italian villa, hot Australian stuff aside, (laughs) there is certainly some concern here of how do you make sure you really know this person so that you don't wind up even deeper with someone who you're now in a relationship that necessitates even more safety. And more assumption. That's a completely valid concern. Absolutely. And to be honest, was my concern as soon as the feeling started feeling really real, like while we were in Italy and I started having this like, oh, I think I really like this person feeling. uh, Because I had at that point been in therapy for like four years and seven knew my own patterns. As soon as I felt that feeling, I started really interrogating the feeling um, in a in a kind way, but, you know, being like, okay, well, you're in this super romantic setting right now and like everything feels really perfect and magical. So you need to start looking really critically at this and be looking, scanning for red flags because at the very least, the the thing that gives me a lot of hope is that even though I have ended up in these past relationships with people who were really unhealthy, uh, this sounds sad, but I knew it was bad at the beginning. Your gut is really, really on top of this stuff. And you will pick up on these red flags. It's what you choose to do with them and how you choose to respond to them. And what I used to do was I'd see a red flag and I would be like, well, like I see this little thing and it gives me a feeling that maybe there's this issue here, but you know, I want to give that person the benefit of the doubt. And like, maybe this was just a bad day. And you know, I can see that this comes from this other place of hurt because of this thing that happened to them before and make all these excuses for them. And so not respond correctly to the red flag or feel like, Oh, well, this is just a little thing and it's not really a big enough thing for me to leave over like break up with this relationship. So I'll continue. And so I always got the warning from my intuition at the beginning of those bad relationships. I got the warnings. I just didn't listen to them. So in this relationship at the beginning, it was like, okay, really, really, really scan and really focus in for any red flags, anything that you see that could be an issue going forward. And I found nothing but green flags. And And also keep in mind, like, this is an extraordinarily inconvenient relationship. As much as the story of it is really romantic, the idea of entering into this extraordinarily expensive and long distance relationship when like, I do not have the money to travel. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't interested in (laughs) in forming a relationship like this. If I had found a red flag, I would have been so relieved (laughs) <laughs> to be like, oh, thank God. Now I don't have to be in this long distance <laughs> relationship. You know? Yeah. Um, and I had also created a list for myself at that point um, to keep myself out of trouble in the future of a list of non-negotiable qualities 
that I needed in a partner. And if any of those were missing or if the opposite of any of those was present, I'm out. 100% out. You need to have everything on this list or it's not going to happen. And he checks everything on the list, every single thing. And it used to be, I'd sort of have this list mentally. And if I met a person and I was attracted to them and they met like maybe 50% of what was on the list, it was like, well, that's 50%. That's pretty good. Like they pass. So let's go with this person. And then I had to adjust my criteria to only if they meet 100% or at least 95, like they got to get an, an A minus or higher, uh, to be even considered. And I started scanning who I was attracted to differently. That if I felt attracted to somebody, the first question that I would ask myself once I recognized that was like, Oh, okay, you're attracted to this person. Are they happy? And if the answer is no, then they're off the table. Mm-hmm. That all sounds. Are they happy? Do they feel like they are content in their life, or do they f- seem like maybe they need to do some more work on their own? No, that's all super smart. But I feel very confident that this is a really good match. And over the last two years, it's just gotten more and more clear that this is somebody who would be an excellent partner and has somehow remarkably even from the other side of the world been a extraordinarily good boyfriend (laughs) he's such a good boyfriend even not here at all he is such a good listener he's super thoughtful really humble very romantic but not in a showy way and i'm just i'm really really happy in a way that I have not felt with anybody else. This feels really different. And, uh, and that makes it really scary in a lot of ways because <laughs> I sort of knew what I was doing in those bad relationships. You know, I know how, I know how to do that, but uh, yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see where this goes and how this all lands. Me too. It's fascinating. I mean, we need a follow up to this one for sure. Every, we got, I mean, less oh, than... Oh, I will, happily. <laughs> I can't wait to hear. I hope it's all really beautiful. Less than a minute, unfair question to ask. Everything you just said to me, I'm going, man, that is awesome. It's safe. It's smart. Your life has taught you what you need, what to look for, how to trust your gut, how to follow your instincts, how to be very, um, have just like a huge sense of agency in that instead of going with the flow and accepting things that mm-hmm. are red flags. The last question I bet, I think I'm thinking... But why a marriage this quick then? That feels scary to me. But we only have 20 seconds left, so I'm a real dickhead for asking. Uh, we have 20 seconds. It was, it's truly just we met with an immigration consultant. We went through all of the possible options for how he could enter the country. And this was it. It was, this is the option. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If it makes you feel better, I have a friend who weirdly went through almost the exact same scenario, also met an Australian, uh, and also got sort of rushed into marriage, and they're doing absolutely fantastic and just had their first child together. Oh, these Australians. So it works. (laughs) And I've got someone to ask for advice. It's just... These hot Australians, they always land on their feet. I love it. I I thank you for talking. Our time is up. I am so blown away by your story. It's romantic. It's beautiful. I am way into it. I don't want to end with suspicion or cynicism. And I'll just say, sounds to me like you've you've really got it together. And I I do hope that God God forbid you sense anything again to know that like you're never Oh I'm you're never trapped. I will never never tolerate anything like that ever again. I am so out on a moment's notice if Good. there was anything like that, any, any scent picked up at all. Okay. That's, I'm so but happy to hear so that. Far. And that allows me to end on going, may we all then walk away going, man, sometimes you almost bail on a wedding. And when you suck it up and go, you get swept off your feet in a villa and a mummy is involved. Yeah, that's that's right. how the world should be. That's how the world should be. So I'm <laughs> rooting so hard for our follow-up to be uh, nothing but joy and peace and love and happiness for both of you. Thank you, Chris. Take care. Caller, thank you so much. And, and like I said, I really want this to work out. It's beautiful. And you deserve it. And what a huge leap you're both making. 
And uh, God bless you. I hope everything goes great. I hope I hear from you again in a year or so and everything is even better than you imagined. This show is produced by Anita Flores. It is engineered by Jared O'Connell, as well as Marcus Hom. It was created by me, Chris Gethard. Our theme song is by Shell Shag. Go to chrisgeth.com if you want to know more about me, including any dates that I'm out on the road. We'd love to meet you. Wherever you're listening, hit subscribe, favorite, follow. really helps when you do. Don't forget to check out our latest merch at podswag.com. We've got mugs, shirts, posters, and a lot more. You can find ad-free episodes of Beautiful Anonymous and other great shows, too, like WTF with Mark Marin. Get it all without ads. Stitcher Premium. Use promo code STORIES for a one-month free trial at stitcher.com slash premium. <laughs>